It's the Fantasy Football Card Quest, Quest Cast Podcast, football cards, collecting and investing all day, every day. My name is Carter. His name is Andy. We're already a few episodes into this thing, and Andy, we just got done with week three, and obviously you and I discussed this privately. The story right now is the guy that will never, ever fall apart. Your friend, my friend, Derek freaking Henry. Like (laughs) every fantasy – you know what's very interesting about Derek Henry, Andy? It's like every fantasy sharp was like fading Derek Henry uh, going into this year. And all this guy's done has been by far the best running back in the NFL, and it's reflected with his card prices. Absolutely. I mean, I was looking at his rookie card sales on eBay from Sunday and yesterday, and there was about a hundred and the average sale price is about $30. Uh, Even for his base Donruss rated rookie from that 2016 year is going for $20 and buy it now all day long. Mm, mm, mm. So Coming up a little bit later, we're going to talk about that Tennessee Titans team, how there's some really good safe. You can't use that word too much in football cards, but there are some safe moves you can make as far as football cards are concerned, particularly with the Tennessee Titans team. So we'll get into that a little bit later. But Andy, for me, as far as you know, football cards in week three, this is a big thing that I feel card collectors and investors need to understand is we are still kind of sort of in this hype period right now where the prices are high um, and, and people are selling a lot of cards, but we also have to understand that a dip is potentially coming over the next month or so. So what would you tell people right now as, as we're still in this very hot period of football cards? Well, just making making sure that you're sticking to your budget first and foremost. Don't over leverage yourself on on football cards um, because not all players are going to pan out, right? You, you don't have, we don't have a crystal ball. We don't we can't predict what who's going to get hurt and how teams are going to perform. You know, um, and I would be trying to start focusing in my plays, my buys on teams that are projected to make the playoffs um, and start to plan for the postseason. And here's something else that you have to understand, uh, unless you're using like a service like Starstock, where oftentimes you don't actually ever touch the card. Keep this in mind. If you are buying a card right now and you're going to try and quickly flip it, understand the time it's going to take for that process to happen. Now, once again, this is a very time sensitive thing for right now, but understand if you buy a card Understand that the person that is sending you the card has to put it in the mail and then send it to you, and then you have to get the card. And if you're trying to quick flip it, there's obviously a process in you listing the card and selling it itself. So, Andy, people need to understand that, especially right now, there is a transition period. This isn't like before the season where you had all your cards ready to sell right now. Uh, it's a little bit different when you get to this point because if you are trying to make a quick flip right now, you're going to have to understand that it is a process and it does take some time. Yeah, and and so you could, if the person that you're buying a card from on eBay has good pictures, take that picture 
and upload it as the card that you're selling, but then you roll the dice of not actually getting that card in the mail. Say something happens with USPS or maybe that seller turns out to be flaky or something happens. You don't get that card and you listed it prematurely trying to get a quick flip on a player. Uh, you could really leave yourself in some hot water doing that. So yeah, unfortunately you have to wait till you get that card in hand and then relist it immediately. And, and listing is probably what I struggle with the most, you know, between uh, following everything going on in football and with creating content listing is actually takes work, you know, and to take a picture and then, put in all the item specifics of each card. And so I've tried to treat it like, uh, you know, an exercise regimen. If, if I just do five cards a day, then I'll be okay. You know, at the end of a week, I've, have, I've had listed 35 to 50 cards. That's pretty good in my opinion. Yeah. And understand this, taking good photos goes a long way. Right. Uh, it, and, and that is universal, not only on eBay, but that goes along with Twitter that goes along with Instagram. If you're selling cards on there, obviously a lot of purchases happen on those platforms. Some of you listening and watching right now, you have done that. And when I go back, I, it is kind of crazy, Andy, when I think about this. Most of the cards I've bought from people, it hasn't necessarily been listed properly, but the photos were good. How often, Andy, can you remember <laughs> uh, buying a card that was taken, you know, the, the card is listed on your, let, let's just put it this way. I see so many of these listings like on eBay where someone puts a raw card on their lap. You see the hairs on their leg, a cat <laughs> in the background, somebody's foot in the background with Al talents for toenails that is not something that I would want to do when it comes to purchasing the card. So understand, especially now, as uh, the market gets flooded with pictures and people trying to get their sales in, understand that uh, the photo quality is very, very important, especially for a sharp like you, Andy. You, you're looking at the corners. You're looking at everything. And if you don't get good photos on that, I, I trust me, especially if your card is not rare, I am moving on from that card yeah. now As, especially when it's a, a silver or short print card that you're targeting that has a lot of bling on it you want to see right. that bling in the picture and if you don't have light you know shining above the card not directly on the card to create a reflection but above the card and you take a picture so you can see that nice shine all those colors in the card and and you don't have that you're, you're taking away so much from the value of your card i've seen cards that'll just sit on there and i bought some that are uh, that have gone way undervalued because the person took bad pictures. And then I got it here and I'm like, man, this is a nice card. You put it at the right angle with light going, you know, like this on top, uh, you know, across it instead of right on top of it. And you get some great pictures. The other thing I've seen car back to your point of, you know, people taking pictures of cards, like sitting on their lap and stuff. I've seen a guy, well, a female holding a card in a, a low cut V-neck shirt with a yeah. bunch of cleavage, holding a James Morgan autograph card. And the guy was trying to get too much for this card. It was just hilarious. Like the extent of which uh, uh, on the uh, other end, people will go to, to try and add to the card. To make, I don't know. Maybe uh, he thought, you know, subconsciously some guy would pull the trigger on that card, you know, but did it, but, but here's the thing. If he puts in the listing that, 
the boobs don't come along with the card, then it's all good. It's good. <laughs> that's good card sales right there. I, I, that's just that's just football card capitalism, baby. As long as the corners are good, as long as it's well centered, uh, literally and figuratively, I'm all about it, baby. But uh, but it is important, obviously, to to take photos, especially now, like if you're trying to make a, a sale. Now we talked about Derrick Henry at the front. I know a lot of people are scared about running back investments. I, I do want to say the Tennessee Titans for the end, though, and then for right now, talk about one big story right now in the NFL. A lot of these second year quarterbacks who a lot of people were spending a ton of money on Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow. Now, Andy, these are two players that you have monitored very closely. Okay. A lot of people spent a lot of money on Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert cards. Okay. Like a lot, a lot of money to where their prices in their PSA 10 rookies, which is way more printed than PSA 10s of, let's say, uh, a Brett Favre, those prices are higher than the PSA 10s of those legends. But right now, any people that actually did spend those money, spend that money, and a lot of a lot of those people are probably listening and, and consuming this right now, they probably feel pretty good a- after these first couple of weeks. Yeah, I think they probably I think they probably do. I mean, the Bengals beat the Steelers. Like, what? What's going on? They're, they're two and one. You know, uh, the Chargers beat the Chiefs. The Chiefs are in the last place of the AFC West. What what's going on here? You know? Um, so it's it's crazy, man. But yeah, I mean, I was looking yesterday extensively at Justin Herbert comparing his prism prices from Starstock to eBay. And Starstock, they're selling like this week, people are paying $150 for a raw Starstock A base prism. And around, on eBay, they're paying about the same thing, believe it or not. In fact, his silver prism auto raw, not graded, not serial number, just short print, and it's autographed. It's on a sticker. Um, it's a nice looking card, but that card is going for $1,500 <sighs> in buy it now format for Justin Herbert. That card graded even to a, a nine is going five grand, graded to a 10, that's 10,000 plus dollars. Wow. Yeah, and it's interesting. I, I was looking at some of his cards this weekend as well. Uh, dude, his silver PSA 10s are absolutely ridiculous as well. <sighs> Here's my thought on the second year quarterbacks, okay? I warned some people about Tua on your channel, Andy. Me and 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 your guy Matthew Vescovi, and I know he's hurt right now, but I'm sure there are some people right now, Andy, listening to this. And Tua's prices, while they weren't at Justin Herbert level, they were still really, really, really high. So here's the thing: if you're sitting right now on some Tua Tagovailoa, um cards that you spent a lot of money and i saw a lot of people really pour money into this guy uh it heavy like i saw some really good two a lots heading into twitter man i i don't I, i'm gonna defer to you here andy uh what would you say to those people that are sitting there right now with the with a bunch of two of cards and you gotta stay optimistic right now that um 
he, he actually gets to start when he comes back. I mean, right. you, you don't want to panic sell right now, especially if you invested quite a bit of money um, in, a, in a rare card because you're probably not going to be able to sell it for anywhere close to what you bought it for right now. I mean, that's, I, would, I would hold that card and just hope and pray that Brissett doesn't get to continue starting once Tua is healed. Um, man, that's, that's a tough one. It is. So uh, I had my doubts about Tua. I I've shared this before. He was my highest rated high school quarterback I've ever seen his anticipation, his playmaking ability. And, you know, for those that don't know, I, I do college football full time. I run the LSU YouTube channel. I was like, okay, we are screwed. This Tua guy is unreal. And he is, he, he was really good. But the injuries he suffered in college are so tough to come back from. It was a very similar hip injury he had his final year of Alabama to what Bo Jackson went through. Now, Andy Bo Jackson was a little bit before our time, but he is the best athlete arguably ever (laughs) to ever walk the face of the earth. And he couldn't come back from an injury like that. So even though it was slightly different in their situations, that was like just the, the major red flag for me. And now we are going through Tua with another big injury. And, you know, that money could have gone to guys with better health history and arguably better athletic profiles like your guy Jalen Hurts. Exactly. You see, there you go. Right, right on cue. That's that chemistry right there, man. Even though he, he struggled on Monday night, you know, Hurts is – Obviously, a quotable quarterback. He had a very interesting quote after uh, the the game last night about the game being like a deuce. You just got to flush it down the toilet and move on. He he is a very interesting, exciting quarterback in uh, what what looks to be a not-so-great division. So as far as Jalen Hurts is concerned right now, I – Look, Andy, you were able to get a lot of his cards for relatively cheap compared to the big three that we just went through. Uh, you, you you should feel okay, even though we've seen some regression in the last couple of weeks. I mean, yeah, let's be honest. They have, have had some tough matchups, and Dallas has played a lot better this year right. than, than what they were hyped up to be expected to be coming into the season. And there, you just could tell watching that game in the beginning. I have been watching the Pey- Peyton and Eli uh, broadcast, by the way. I'm enjoying oh, it. Yeah. And uh, and you could just tell that Dallas was not going to leave that game with a loss. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like that, they're being their first home game and everything with Dak back. And and Dak, you could, on the other end, you could really tell he is doing everything possible to prevent another injury. Like he's going down quick. I was like, whoa, man, that was, you know, he, he was going down quick on some plays. But Jalen Hurts, all in all, played really well, in my opinion. I, I think all things considered with the amount of pressure Dallas was putting on them, the play calling. I don't know about you, but I have not been a big fan of the play calling in in Philadelphia on offense. Right. Yeah, you know, first year coach uh, Sirianni, also the best player in the NFL right now on the defensive side. Um, not named, you know, Watt or or Donald has been Diggs, their corner, and he made another big play for Dallas this past weekend. And ironically, Diggs was an Alabama corner and he was going up against Devonta Smith, an Alabama wide receiver. And he picked sixth, uh, a Jalen hurts. And then they just had Nick Saban on the broadcast right after that. And as an LSU YouTuber, I was like, 
this is a disaster because I'm watching Alabama players with a Tennessee and Ole Miss guy calling the game. But anyway, uh, you know, I've always liked Jalen Hurts. I, I, even though it was ironic that he was replaced by Tua, you know, you, you go back, you know, Jalen Hurts saved the day when uh, Alabama really needed him. So this is a very resilient quarterback. I think Jalen Hurts will bounce back. I wasn't a huge believer into him, but I do agree just by the eye test. Uh, he looks good. And the one thing you could say about Jalen Hurts is that he's going to stay healthy. And you can't say that right now about Tua Tagovailoa. So, you know, in looking at those four quarterbacks and in, in moving forward, obviously Justin Herbert looks like the real deal moving forward. It looks like it's a relatively safer investment. Joe Burrow looks a lot better now that he has Jamar Chase. How long will that stay? We'll, we'll we'll wait and see. But those two guys do look like the two clearly best quarterbacks. But Andy, I got to give you credit. You were right. With the way that the prices were, Jalen Hurts was the best play of the quarterbacks. And up to this point, I, I would consider, if you were holding on to some Jalen Hurts, I would consider selling maybe some of them now because we are still in the hype period. Uh, but it does seem like he and, and the Eagles might go on a downturn and they might tank for a quarterback. So it would probably be wise right now, Andy, to sell some of them now, but then probably hold on to one or two of them, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'd, I'd hold on to your your short print or, you know, if there's one that, you know, that's where the collector side of you has got to come into play a little bit, right? Right. You know, you have, um, you know, you're a big fan of the athlete and you know, he's a great athlete. He's very young. He's going to be in the league for a long time. So there's going to be a ton of opportunity for him in the coming years. You know, even if this year doesn't pan out for him. And so, yeah, I would hold on to your favorite one and then, you know, liquidate a bunch of others. So for me, my field level silver, I have it listed, but it's in a buy it now format. And I have it listed for like $300, which I know is well above market value it's closer to what a joe burrow field level silver's trading at but at the same time that's that's how i value him you know i want him that's how i value that card you know whereas i have these other you know rated rookies and base field levels and stuff like that that i am liquidating right now and then it gets into our hobby tip of the day and this is about to get really philosophical okay and once again if you're new and you're picking up all this good information don't forget fantasy football card quests on youtube you're you're posting out all different types of content i i you know there, there's all these different vloggers out there and and i honestly think most of them in the sports card market are actually good so I, i've watched a lot of you know different sports card youtubers and I know one of the biggest ones is this guy named Sasha T. They they did a write-up of him in, in the Washington Post. And he made a really good comment that's really made me smarter in, 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 in card collecting. And it goes along with something that you preach all the time on your channel, Andy, which is don't get too greedy. It's just a good message uh, through, throughout life in general. Uh, Netflix made a bad Ben Affleck movie, but it's centered around that major point. I don't remember the name of it. I know Oscar Isaac was in it. It wasn't that good, but that was the main point of the film. Don't get too greedy. And Sasha T made the point that, yes, 
you personally want to sell a card for as much money as you could possibly get for so-and-so card, okay? However, that's not always going to be the case. And sometimes when you sell it for less, it makes the buyer of the card feel happier about that investment because then they have room to sell the card for more. Now, I understand, Andy, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but it does because you are looking out for your fellow collector because if they get the card for what they seem uh, for what they look at it as like a, a good investment that makes them happier and makes them happier about the hobby they don't get as discouraged with the hobby and it makes them feel better and then it just kind of goes on and on and i understand uh, there is a lot of money into this and you should always think about your bottom line first and i i understand that as well but when you do look out for other people and you don't list, let's just say you had that Jalen Hurts field level, level silver and you have it listed for $1,000, knowing daggum well that that card is not a $1,000 card, that's just not good because it's just going to sit there forever. But if you sell it for 300 if Jalen Hurts does turn out to be a Pro Bowl, Super Bowl quarterback, that person who buys it for 300 can sell it for 600 down the road. I understand you would prefer to have the 600, but not only are you making money, that person is also making money and it makes sense from all directions. Now, Andy, you and I discussed this privately. It seems as if you, you do slightly agree with me to a certain extent. Well, yeah, I do. Absolutely. Because I look at it like this, you know, like when we were back in elementary school or middle school, when they're, you know, you're going up to the water fountain and you know, it's there's only so much cold water in the water fountain. You got to save some for your friends. It's just a, a nice thing to do if you want them to feel in, engaged. You know, you want to you want to actually make money yourself, but also leave room for other people to grow as well. I, I think that's huge, man. And people want to get in on certain players and there's just it can be very difficult to do so with certain sets. And uh, if you leave a little bit of room for the next person to feel that they have room to grow with that card, they have financial room to grow with it, then it's a win-win. It's, it's all about making things a win-win. I like win-win scenarios, Carter. Yeah, and you you made a decision this weekend on on a Leonard Fournette card. Uh, you I got did. A P yeah, yeah. So, so tell people about that. I know you wanted to sell it for more, but now that person that bought it now has room to sell it as well. Yes, it was a 2017 field level silver PSA 10. Um, and so it's a very low population count card, uh, Leonard Fournette. And I had it listed for $130 by it now. Now, the thing is, Carter, I had spent about $70, I think 75 plus shipping for the card. And I ended up accepting an offer on it for 110. So, I mean, we're only talking maybe 20% profit, something like that. Uh, but the, the thing is, you you make a great point. We were talking about this and I basically made it a win-win scenario. I moved the card. I added a significant amount of capital back into my card investing budget, you know, and I have multiple Leonard Fournette cards. I've got a, a signed RPA numbered out of 99 PSA 10 that I won from 
my good friend and co-host here, Carter, in a in a bet from the Saints and Bucks. So that's like that's my main Leonard Fournette Lombardi Lenny PC card. And I've got this a couple PSA tens on the side because I felt he was a good investment. And I, I gave that person plenty of room to grow financially in that card if Leonard Fournette goes on to make another historic playoff and Super Bowl run with my Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I did the same thing with Derek Carr. So, you know, during this offseason, I had a long conversation with you about Derek Carr. And I was like, you know what? I want to buy a higher-end Derek Carr card. And the thing was, I did a lot of research on Derek Carr because we're all trying to find that next great quarterback, right? Because quarterbacks do run the hobby. We would like to see position players get bigger into the hobby. We'll get to that with a certain player in just a second. But I was like, okay, let me find that quarterback that is not – in the elites, but I think it is really good and we're undervaluing him. And Derek Carr, there was a lot of metrics that I looked at, such as, you know, QBR and, and completion percentage and ADOT. And he was up there. He was top 15 in all these categories. I knew he was in Las Vegas with a high profile coach and a high profile brand. And I was like, okay, this guy, if he plays well, which I thought he was going to, is going to blow up, okay? Now, Derek Carr, I found an autograph card for 245 PSA 10 select numbered autograph, and I was like, okay, if he does play well, I, I do think I, I'm going to make good money on this card. But what happened this offseason was someone wanted to buy the card. I had it listed on eBay for... $500. I took it for $475. So here's the thing, Andy. I didn't even get to see if my prediction was right. Okay. Would I be better served right now if I would have just held on to it and, and stuck with it? Probably, you know, especially if Derek Carr continues. Once again, we don't know if that's going to happen, but his prices have gone up. But the guy that bought the card for $475. We have to keep this in mind as buyers, sellers, collectors, okay? Now, we, people that are listening to this might be millionaires, and 475 might not be that much to them. That's a lot of money, though, for 99% of us. That's a pretty sizable chunk, okay? So that person that bought the card for me from for $475, now he's happy because – that card is now worth more. He doesn't feel crappy that he wasted half a G on a quarterback that has never really been that high profile. So now when I look at it this way, yes, I would have rather held on to the card and, and sold it potentially for $600, $700, $800 if they would have gone on to go to the playoffs. But I still made a profit on the card. I, I still made, what, $200 on, on that purchase, uh, $200 profit on that purchase. And – that's fine with me. I, I'm not going to let that uh, that that dwell on me. The fact that I didn't wait until the season happened because I, I'm I'm not a millionaire. Four hundred cent. It, it's just too, it was just too much money for me uh, to to not take. So under and Andy, that's what people. That was my hardest learned lesson: is that it is so much harder to sell a card than to buy a card and that's why it's so important uh, to not get too 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 greedy and allowing the other person to have some room with the card as well 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's a very important lesson to remember. And I think you'll sell a lot more cards that way, you know, carrying that mentality because you're giving all that, that next investor all the reason to not only collect that card, but view it as an investment as well, which most of us do view our collections as investments. They kind of, you know, run hand in hand. So as uh, before we get to our plays of the day, is there anything else that you have found interesting, Andy? Because obviously this is what you do, man. You know, you, you have your job, you have your family, but, you know, this is what I do as well. This is all we think about. We love football cards, right? Uh, you, 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 you look at prices and you see things, uh, a lot more clearly than I do. What are some things that are, that are really standing out to you, uh, that we weren't able to touch on as, as we get ready for, for week four? Interesting. Well, I mean, you know, there's a lot of activity around skill position players. Um, you know, guys like Mike Williams has, has seen a significant increase in his rookie card values, right. uh, from the beginning of the season, along with Cooper cup. Um, guys like that. I mean, you, you see these guys on teams that are now trending towards a playoff seed and that, you know, they're, they're partnered with an explosive quarterback that has big playmaking upside. And it's basically driven by kind of that uh, fear of missing out on the next great player, per, player that we haven't seen the ceiling of, um, you know, there's, there's little things like I've, I've, so I started cutting little slits in the top of my penny sleeve. So I didn't have to worry about potentially damaging one of the corners of my cards. And Dude. I basically took a box cutter and put the penny sleeve like on its side and just basically ran the box cutter through the tip of the, um, the, the crease, the seam of the penny sleeve to create that little slit. So the card slides right in, or there's, uh, Penny sleeves now made by this company called Smooth Sleeves that you can get, and uh, I'm not affiliated or anything like that, but they do work really well. Um, and just Google Smooth Sleeves, and you'll see what I'm talking about. They have like a little extra lip at the top, so the card just slides right in, and uh, it's nice. I gotta check that out, man. Smooth Sleeves. That's such a great name as well, man. I I love it. Uh, I, there you go, Smooth Sleeves. But, you know, it's interesting. Um, I, I wanted to get to this before we get to, you know, play of the day. Once again, you know, release dates, you have a lot coming out in October. Uh, Pro Metal Set 2021, then Panini Origins Football 2021. And, Andy, that is not a, a, a retail product, correct? Correct. That is not a retail product. So you'll be able to find it from your local card shop, or I would recommend going to well, panini's website is going to be difficult to get that access to that product probably going to do like a dutch auction where you know and that's probably a topic for a whole nother show but basically, yeah, right. <laughs> you know it starts out at a really high price and then as they sell out it goes down and down but you run the risk of them selling out quicker because people are, are starting now to purchase the product when it drops down to that next uh, tier after like every five minutes it'll drop down to a lower uh price so uh, you could get it there, or you can go to a company like SteelCityCollectibles.com or BlowoutCards.com, and they're like uh, card distributors. And so they'll get hobby boxes and cases that you can purchase from them. They're just, you know, it's going to be pretty expensive. Just be prepared. <laughs> 2021 Panini National Treasures Collegiate Football on October 20th and 2021 Panini Absolute Football uh coming out later in the month as well the reason why we don't 
spend too much time on release dates because it is not final. Obviously, you know, distributors have to get it to certain retail places, whether that's Walmart or Target. And then, you know, those companies are rethinking selling cards at all. Uh, so understand that those dates, whenever you look up like release dates for product, it doesn't necessarily mean that the cards are just going to be released everywhere that certain date. And also, this is very key. Retail prices have gone up. They have these, and trust me, these corporations are smart. They they don't just brush cards aside. They, Andy, they're gonna they're gonna raise the price of their blasters and their mega boxes and their and and, and their cello packs uh, as well. I mean, it's just simple. Once again, capitalism. It's kind of like selling cards on a pair of boobs. You know, you people want to make their money by by any stretch of the imagination. So don't go to these these card places or these supermarkets and think that, you know, uh, a blaster box is ever going to be back down to $20. It, it can, but it, it's going to be up to 25, 27 and oftentimes $30 just depending on where you are. Yeah, it's very true. I've noticed that the prices of retail wax have gone up, which in my eyes, it makes me even happier that I'm targeting specific singles, you know, specific cards. And, and, and I just want to throw this out there that I'm still, seeing auctions ending throughout the week go for well under what they're being sold for in a buy it now format on the weekends crazy dude crazy I, one of them real quick because this was the craziest one i saw this week was an auction that ended tuesday morning with uh for a justin herbert base prism that ended at 705 a.m it ended for 50 dollars. now the picture wasn't great the picture wasn't great but it ended at 50 dollars and I'm looking at buy it now that ended yesterday and they're 120 to 140, you know, man, now that's feisty right there. Uh, but yeah, uh, once again, <laughs> be mindful of that. I actually made a few mistakes on that. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to get into it, but I, the auctions, I, I be very careful with auctions and, uh, sometimes it's not worth listing an auction. Like I'm having to send lots of cards that only went for 99 cents. And I was like, okay, what is the point? Why did I even do this? Uh, but understand that now it is now time for play of the day. Andy, what, what, what this is, this to me just makes too much sense surrounding not necessarily our favorite team. I don't think I'm a fan of the Titans. I don't think you're really a fan of the Titans, but there are some very favorable things you can do with the players on that team. Absolutely. Very favorable things you can do. And um, it, it just it all comes back to they're standing in the AFC South. They're going to win the division. I mean, <laughs> I'm sorry, but the Colts have been trending downward all year it doesn't look like Carson Wentz is going to save them I mean you're we're lucky if he leaves the game without spraining three four ankles right? right you know Jacksonville I mean they've got they've got holes all over the place R Trevor Lawrence struggling he's rookie quarterback um I mean it's just I I don't I don't see it in the Texans you know I, I'll give it that uh General Mills Davis Mills put up a fight uh, yeah. against Carolina and that defense is the real deal. And if you looks like if you give Mills time in the pocket, he can pick defenses apart. So 
for that fact, I'll give it to him, but he's immobile, so he's not going to have that dual threat capability. And when you have an offensive line that's as bad as the Texans, it all starts in the trenches, right, Carter? And right. you look at who's going to be in the trenches for the Tennessee Titans. <laughs> uh, most defenders can't stop him. <laughs> Derrick Henry, you know, so, but his prices are, are significantly elevated because of the expectation around him being a 2,000 plus yard rusher for the past two years. And I look towards, I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking towards the skill position players and in, in the wide receivers because Ryan Tannehill is now going on his uh, 10th year, I think his ninth or 10th year in the league. And I don't see him making the Hall of Fame. And I don't right. want to sink a ton of money into him. Now, if I can find his prism because of the 2012 for pretty low, I feel very safe about investing in that because they're, they're making a playoff run. But I really like the Hall of Fame potential and caliber of player in that wide receiver core. Yeah, and um, and yeah, I'm just not I, – I can't disagree with anything you said. I mean, honestly, I understand A.J. Brown has started the season very, very, very slow. He's still very talented. Julio Jones just makes too much sense right now, Andy. It, it, it just mm-hmm. does. You're going to get the playoff push and – he is a safe Hall of Fame investment. He is an iconic player who was a superstar in college. Um, he played at the highest profile program in college. And um, yeah, I, 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 I just think Julio Jones in particular with that, with that Titans team makes a lot of sense. You know, one guy I, I find to be very interesting, and it's kind of along the lines with, with Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins is a guy that, mm. you know, I look, is he flashy? No. Is he the biggest star on the team? No. Justin Jefferson is the biggest star on that team. Um, Dalvin Cook is a bigger star on that team. But as you know, Andy, quarterbacks run the hobby. And I made some money uh, getting some cheap Ryan Tannehill cards. Uh, you know, I got some really good t- Ryan Tannehill rookies for – in PSA nine for, for $10 and, and sold, I think one or two of them for like $40 a piece. It, it doesn't seem like a lot, but it's, it, it's profit. And I was like, God, that just makes too much sense. And I go look at Kirk cousins prices right now. Um, I see uh tops finest refractor for $10 here. I see uh Kirk cousins Chrome rookie lot for, uh, ten dollars here. Auto, PSA ten. Uh, you know, bids at around ten dollars for that. Look, I I think the Vikings are going to be a playoff team. They have Daniel Hunter, my guy, healthy. Their best pass rusher, most underrated defensive end in the league. Their defense is going to be good. What is the NFC North going to look like? Well, we know the Bears are bad, and uh, that's just certainty. Obviously, you have the Packers. And uh, the other team in the NFC North that's slipping my mind right now, who's the other team in the NFC North? Uh, the, Lion, the Lions. The Lions. Zero okay. three. They put up a fight each week, and I really am, I've been a big fan. I've become a big fan of Anthony Lynn, their head coach. Um, I, think it's, I think it's pretty impressive how they're building that team from the trenches up, you know. But, I, I, yeah, I don't see them as a, a playoff caliber team at all this year as well. 0-3 oh, and – and Minnesota Vikings made a big statement against Seattle yesterday. I don't know if that goes as much to Seattle's defense, but Kirk Cousins has been a top five fantasy quarterback each of the first three weeks. 
that guy's absolutely been slinging that rock, man. And right. with as good of skill position players you have in Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, who's just got an incredible nose for the end zone, and KJ Osborne, who's got sub four four wheels. Oh man, I mean Kirk Cousins is a very interesting investment you also get that 2012 first year prism bonus when you invest in him like you do with Tannehill and russell wilson and what i think is interesting carter um that i don't know if if this has any nostalgia or collection factor to it but he's in a redskins uniform right in in his rookie year so you have that redskins logo which doesn't exist anymore so i don't know if that adds to the collectability of it at all, but I'm sure for some people it probably does. And, you know, yeah, I mean, they could absolutely grab a wild card spot this year if they continue to trend in this direction. And I, I think that's that it's a great investment, Carter, especially when you're picking up that prism, a first-year prism for like $20, you know, something, or under 20 even maybe in an auction for a base one. I think that's good, really good. And and that's the thing. So, you know, one quick cor- correction. Anthony Lynn is the offensive coordinator. Dan Campbell is, oh, is the Dan, head coach. Oh, yeah, my bad. Dan but, Campbell but it, is what I meant to say. But it still doesn't matter. The Lions are bad. So the Vikings and, and the Packers are going to run away from everyone else uh, because the Lions and, and the Bears are a disaster. So you make a lot of good points there. First-year prism, so huge for a lot of people in the hobby. Um, so much money gets pumped into Russell Wilson, you know, because of that, and, and deservingly so. He's on a different level than a Ryan Tannehill, who also 2012 first year prism. Um, and guess what? Kirk Cousin prices are still low, and the Vikings, you know, the Vikings could still win the North. Uh, they very well could. I, I think their roster from top to bottom is better uh, than that of the Packers. I think they're very similarly built, and. I'm not saying Kirk Cousins is Aaron Rodgers. It's it's lunacy, but he's playing really well right now, and his prices are um, pretty still pretty good despite having a, a relatively good start to the season. So, you know, I I, I kind of like it. You know, I, I you know I made money on Derek Carr. I might as well and and Ryan Tannehill. I might as well try it for Kirk Cousins because yes, all three of those guys are pocket quarterbacks. Yes, all three of those guys aren't the biggest stars on their own team, but quarterbacks still run the hobby. And if your team is winning, you can make money off those QBs all day, every day. Andy, so this was a fun episode, man. It was, it was, uh, it's weird, man. I never thought uh, we we would have gone from cleavage to Kirk Cousins. I didn't, I didn't think we. <laughs> I didn't think the cleavage would be a part of this show, but once again, uh, you gotta gotta join the Fantasy Football Card Quest Patreon, where you know Andy's giving you all these different tips, all this just goodness on the Fantasy Football Card Quest YouTube channel. Man, it was fun, Andy. Let's go. Get, Let's get, go, man. People need to get fired up about the football card hobby, baby. I, I've never, Absolutely. I've never been more excited uh, about this. Look, and I gotta. Kaylee Vaughn chase on rookie card. I, is he good? Probably Kayvon not. But uh, it, I got it for a dollar. I think it's cool. It's in my PC. I collect LSU cheap rookies. It's I'm all yeah. about it, baby. I think that's awesome, man. I, you showed me that collection that guy had of Jair Alexander. <sighs> the the CB on Green Bay had awesome pick on a Sunday night against Jimmy G. And um, 
that that dude's collection's insane, and you can get that for a very affordable price. You know, on a defensive player, I think that's a great investment as more people get into the hobby and they mature within the hobby and they want to grow out their collection. They want to not just have, you know, it's like I'm no longer satisfied with just a base Donruss rated rookie. You know, if it's something for my collection, I want it to be short print. I want it to be exclusive. I want it to have the autograph, the serial number. I want all the bling on it, you know, and then I want to get it graded and and encapsulate it and all that stuff. So I think that's where you're, you know, where the thoughts should be and looking forward, the possibilities are completely wide open for any position in the NFL, whether it's, you know, Justin Tucker on the, you know, the Ravens making a 66 yard, you know, NFL history field goal um, or a defensive player or quarterback, you know, it's all, it's all fair game. I think it's all, it's all good, man. Next episode will be all about kicker prices. So we'll see you next time, folks. (laughs) Peace. Peace.